that. Yeah, I I played the game preview version of that Ark Survival. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Did that ever release? Or is that still in game preview? I have no yeah, idea. That, <laughs> that that released. That released. Did it? Yeah. I, I, I tried that one, and I got stuck on a beach freezing to death night after night because I couldn't build a fucking fire. And... <laughs> it, it was... I remember it being incredibly uh, frustrating, but that was right when the game preview started, and I don't think they had really done anything with any of the bugs, and I was getting killed by bugs. So, <laughs> literal prehistoric bugs were fucking me up. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> sure which way you were going there, whether the game was buggy or if there were actual bugs to fight. Yeah, and I guess the uh, I guess the servers are like MMORPGs. Yes. That, like, the game keeps going after you log off, so, like, somebody could come by and just, like, absolutely fuck up all your buildings and <laughs> your dinosaurs and shit like that. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've talked to people that got really into it, and they're like, oh, yeah, you have to set up defenses and shit so that while you're away, your dinosaurs can defend the property and you, you can have this going, that going. But you also got to make sure the dinosaurs are fed whether or not you're there. And I'm like, so it's a fucking, like, battle Tamagotchi? Like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> they should call it Ark Survival colon Battle Tamagotchi. I think that's a, I think that's a winner. <laughs> I think Battle Tamagotchi would have been a better name for it, you know? Like, it would have <laughs> sold more. People would have been like, oh, Tamagotchis. Well, you know how yeah. all these games just copy each other? Just make one called Battle Tamagotchi, and you're, yeah. you're in the win. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brian Super Friends. I'm your host Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. Was he just Porky Pig? <laughs> he he does that. I think that's his thing now, right? You've you've adopted <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I I guess it is the closest thing to Porky Pig. That's that's how you should end it. You should they should end the podcast that way now. Even after I wrap it up, just just end with that. I think it'll work really well. You should add a short pop up video that just has Andy pop up and give the little wave at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was talented enough to do that for an audio podcast. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're back this week after taking a week off. We sort of ran out of space last month to do something with the last week of the month, so I just opted not to do anything. It's just safer that way than try to half-ass it. Uh, so we're back this week, um, and up until today, wasn't really sure what we were going to do, so I threw some headlines together, since we haven't done that in a while. And depending on how quickly we get through some headlines, we'll possibly end with the what's up with you thing, because we haven't done that for a while, too. So we're scraping the bottom of the bag to come back to what we've uh, been missing for a little while. So just to sort of jump into it, I have four headlines that I gathered. Uh, we'll see, like I said, how quickly we go through them. So we'll start with uh, something that Fox has been trying to get off the ground for a while. So Fox has been trying to get a Gambit movie starring Channing Tatum off the ground for years. It's had a release date a few years ago. 
the movie's basically been stuck in development hell thanks to a revolving door of directors with Rupert Wyatt, I think, originally attached, then he left, Doug Lyman came in, and then he left, uh, and I'm assuming Channing Tatum's busy schedule has something to do with this, too. Uh, but I think a few weeks ago, the movie seems to be moving forward now. They've actually got a director attached again in Gore Verbinski, which, Andy, you might sound... Does that name ring a bell with you? Pirates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not only does it have a director, they also gave it a release date. So this movie is due out February 14th, 2019. 2019, damn. Yeah. Uh, there was another movie that Fox released around Valentine's Day uh, in 2016. Do you guys remember what came out then? Deadpool. That was a Deadpool weekend. So I don't know if they're feeling comfortable with the Valentine's Day release date now, but it seems like that could be like another X-Men window for them. Just start doing some X-Men movies around Valentine's Day. Uh, but what do you guys think of the director choice? I'm intrigued. Um, because, I mean, the man knows how to make an exciting and fun movie. That's true. He did the so, first three Pirates, right? I believe he did the last one, didn't he? He I didn't do he, did, he didn't do five. He did. And I, I don't think he did four, but I could be wrong. Okay. Well, either way, he, did, he at least did the best of them. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, the first one's still the best to me. That, the first one's uh, definitely the best. I like one and two to me are kind of equal, but yeah, I, I, they're far and beyond better than the others. Andy, where do, I know you're the Pirates fan. Where do you stand on the Pirates movies? Are you, do you have like is one like the highest bar, and the other ones are just kind of all blend together, or they do you have like an order of which you like them? The, the order in which I like them is probably uh, one far and beyond, uh, two, three, five, four. Okay. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think I would too, actually. I, I might be one, two, five, three, four, but... Oh, okay. I, I like that last one a lot. We can all uh, agree that On Stranger Tides and... is the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, three and uh, five are... I'd say they're pretty close, but one is so far beyond every, every, any of the other ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. For the record, he did the, the first... He did the trilogy. He did one, okay. two, and three. He didn't okay. do four or five. Well, it, what I would say is it, it seems like an interesting choice, not who I would have expected in any way. Yeah. Um. So now I'm more intrigued than I was before, and I'm somebody that loves Gambit as a character, and then making a solo movie out of Gambit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> well, how um, do you feel about Channing Tatum in the role? You think he'll be able to do good with that character? You know, I generally like Channing Tatum, but he's usually in a comedy when I like him. So, Gambit's not really a funny character in any way. He's more of a, you know, mysterious, serious type of character. I mean, I really think so Tatum I really can, don't know. He can act. Like, he's been in dramatic stuff. Maybe it's just nothing that... Not that I go out of my way to see Channing Tatum in dramatic stuff. Um, right. Obviously, what I remember him from the most is the comedy stuff. Uh, but I anything that I see him in, I'm like, yep, okay, I'm cool with this guy. Like, he, I feel like he can excel at pretty much anything he does, so I'm on board with him as Gambit. Yeah. Although, yeah, I, I, Taylor Kirsch doesn't get enough credit. I thought he did a really good job with Gambit in the terrible Wolverine Origins movie. 
for what he yeah, got, he did, okay. he did okay. Yeah, they didn't give Gambit anything to do, and he had really stupid shit, but as far as like looking like the character, and I think sounding and acting like the character, I thought he did pretty good. For, yeah. for his, what, 32 seconds of screen time? He yeah, he's, he's not in it much, <laughs> and it's true. Yeah, I mean, my concern is, can the character of Gambit be a central character? Oh, he's got, I mean, like, you're the X-Men expert, right? So you, Gambit has that backstory of being in, like, uh, is he from New Orleans, right? It's like the Mm -hmm. bayou and stuff like that? Yeah, Yeah, he's a Cajun from the bayou. He's not really from New Orleans. He's he's from Louisiana. That's right, okay. Um, But he, I can't remember, there's a French-sounding name to the town that they say he's from outside of New Orleans, but he's... He's a shady character in a lot of ways before he enters the X-Men. You know, I mean, he was a thief. He was many shady things that he would do. Now, he wasn't a killer, though. You know, I mean, he wasn't a murderer in any way. He wasn't a mercenary or something. But he was interesting in that sense. But I feel like, I don't know, Like to me, telling his whole story is going to be something that lessens the character in my opinion that whole shady side of not knowing exactly where he comes from not knowing exactly what he's done or exactly what he knows or who he knows to me is kind of part of his mystery in what makes him fun and cool i mean there's probably like i'm expecting that's what i'm expecting is sort of the origin story of gambit but i feel like there's probably a way to tell that story and still have him keep some mystery and like shady connections to things. Like if they, if this movie is a hit and they want to do a sequel, you could always have Gambit like moved on. He's part of the X Men, and then some person from his shady past, you know, comes a knocking that we never heard of or saw before. Mm-hmm. And you could just play it off as being in that time that they didn't show in the first movie. And and there's a way to make that work, I think. Yeah, I mean, and if they're going. Valentine's Day love story kind of thing. It's going to be hard for me to accept anybody but Rogue for Gambit. Yeah. You know, it's And if they're telling an or, an origin story, it's not going to be Rogue unless they just decide to throw her in for the hell of it. Yeah, I don't yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm with you guys. I I would love to see Rogue, but again, if it is that origin story, there he's not going to be part of part of the X-Men until probably at least the end of the movie. So they yeah, have to introduce somebody else that's just going to... Or it could be like a tragic love story. Like he, he falls for someone that gets killed or puts her in harm's way mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And in the joining the X-Men thing, I think you get like a either an after credit scene or an end of the movie scene of James McAvoy coming up to him. You know, bald James McAvoy introduces himself for a quick snippet. See, I don't know if they'd actually show any of these people like Fassbender or McAvoy or Jennifer Lawrence or any of those people that are cast in X-Men movies now because after this Dark Phoenix movie, I don't know if they're going to come back for any more. So I don't know if it's worth showing them in another new X-Men movie if there's no chance of them coming back for more. That's true. You could just receive a letter. <laughs> okay, yeah. Letter of admittance to Xavier's school. Yeah. Um... Do you guys think this movie actually hit the release date? You think this is finally moving forward? You think this is all all firing all cylinders is going to make it? I wouldn't be surprised to see another director. 
Nothing against War- Gore Verbinski or anything like that, but it's, I mean, that seems to be this movie's MO. Yeah, it's gone through three already. And I would have loved to see Doug Lyman take this movie. I, I was actually excited by that director's choice. So I don't know what he got sidetracked with or what he's moving on to, but I guess it seems like everybody gets on this movie and then the movie doesn't move as quickly as they want it to and then they have to leave to pursue other projects and it just doesn't keep people. I don't remember the last time they... Because the last release date they had, I feel like, was like two years ago. Like, it was supposed to come out a year or two ago. And it, you know, because of the loss of directors and stuff, it never got moving. So, we'll see. In two years. if Well, I guess a year and a half now, right? Yeah. That seems like yeah, a quick turnaround for a movie, so... Maybe, maybe all the directors are just meeting with Channing Tatum and hearing his Cajun accent. <laughs> and It's something along the lines of, Man, Jeff. <laughs> And <laughs> they're just like, uh, um, I gotta leave this movie. I don't know. To me, Tatum seems really passionate about this. So I'm hoping that means he brings something that we're not expecting to this. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I, I think he can pull the roll off. I just, you know, making a joke. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anything else to add for Gambit? I think that's pretty much all I got. Just wanted to let everybody know it's coming now, supposedly. We'll keep our Again. keep yeah keep our eye on it and see if it if it comes to fruition. Uh, all right, so moving on, we got some DC stuff to talk about. Um, back when Zack Snyder was still directing Justice League and Ben Affleck was still directing the Batman, there was a character that was teased as possibly appearing in both movies. That character was Deathstroke. And not only that, but it seemed like Warner Brothers had even hired someone to play the character, and I think they were planning on putting him in Ben Affleck's Batman movie. Uh, They hired Joe Manganiello to be Deathstroke. Now, with Deathstroke possibly cut from Justice League, and with the Batman being completely revamped with Affleck stepping away as writer-director, it seemed like Manganiello's Slade Wilson might be lost in the shuffle somewhere. We might not get Deathstroke appearing somewhere. Um, new rumors seem to hint that Warner Brothers may be looking to develop a solo film centered around Deathstroke and to be directed by the Raid director, Gareth Evans. Have, the, have either of you seen The Raid? No. Mm-mm. What is it? I've never seen it, but it's supposed to have really good fight choreography, like top-notch fighting. So if you get a director from that type of movie to come into a Deathstroke movie, I think that's a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, just, that's pretty much all, it's, it's still a rumor at this point, there's nothing set in stone, this is, I guess, talks are happening, uh, Gareth Evans is passionate about this character in this movie, so I think he's pitching to Warner Brothers, and because of his pitch, they're looking at this, thinking this might be a good idea, uh, so we'll have to see if this gets greenlit, and they move forward, I didn't think I saw anything about a script or anything, so I don't know who's supposed to be trying to write this, um, so it still might be a couple years away, but. What do you guys think of a Deathstroke movie? Um, is Deathstroke a good enough character to warrant a solo movie? I don't know if he's... I feel like he's fairly popular. I think he probably would have got a little bit more notoriety maybe from his appearance on Arrow. Like a little bit more general public people that just happen to watch the CW shows know a little bit more about Deathstroke now. Um, but I don't know if... I really don't know like how popular overall the character is. 
I feel like the character kind of has like a cult following, but it doesn't have the cult following that say Deadpool does. Where yeah. you know, like everybody who read Marvel comics and whatnot, they kind of knew about Deadpool. They read some Deadpool, and then Deadpool had a massive cult following of people that didn't care about comics, but they cared about Deadpool, and they would read it. I feel like Deathstroke has that to maybe one tenth power. Okay, you know, I mean, like it, it's not anywhere near what Deadpool has, and I think they're banking a little bit on it being similar. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, they would have yeah. to do a really good job with this movie, I think, for it to be uh, any sort of a blockbuster. Well, I think Manganiello has some star power, too. Like, I think people could see it because he's in it, too. Not like... Women will see it because he's in it. Well, yeah, yeah. So It's not going to be hard to get your lady to go with you to the movies to see Deathstroke. Yeah. <laughs> so they've already got a demographic that not all comic book movies have. That's true. Um. So, yeah, I... I'm I'm curious. I definitely want to keep my eye on this one and see how it how it plays out. I might feel more confident about this movie after I see a trailer. Like I I just want to see something in motion with this car- what the costume looks like or how these fight right. sequences yeah. might look. That that's shaky, what I'm shaky, curious about. Shaky cam. I ho- I fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably just YouTube like what these raid fight sequences look like because if they're getting that much. Uh, you know, people hype up those fight sequences in those movies that much, then they have to... I can't imagine them using all kinds of shaky cam and crap like that. But your average moviegoer doesn't pay as much attention to that. But I don't think it's average moviegoers that are... Like, it's critics and stuff that are really hyping up these... Th- those movies because of their fights. So I would I would hope that critics have an eye for shaky cam and stupid shit like that. I'll have to check them out myself and see what they look like. Shaky Cam is edgy. <laughs> it might have been now. <laughs> now it's overused and boring. And, and makes me sick. Um, Just for Deathstroke purposes, what do you guys know about Deathstroke? Do you guys know anything about the character? Uh, He's a mercenary. True. And he sort of floats the line of good and evil. I think that's also true. More evil. He's more of an enemy than not, but uh, he's also part of Batman's villain. He shut. Yeah, he shut up with Batman. I think he was mainly a Teen Titans villain. Originally, yeah. Okay. Oh, so he started Teen Titans and then sort of segued into Batman. As far as I know, yes, okay. that is the case because his first appearance I know I've seen was Teen Titans. Whatever number, I don't know. But he first appeared in Teen Titans. And the coolest thing about him is that Deadpool was largely based off of Deathstroke. That's why he is Slade Wilson and Deathstroke. And Deadpool is Deadpool and Wade Wilson. Um, And Marvel knocked it out of the park. And DC did a pretty good job as well on both both ends. So that's kind of cool that you have... A character and a character's ripoff that are both pretty cool. They definitely um, went two different ways. Like they they look the sim they their names are similar, their outfits look similar, but as far as like personality yeah. and power set and stuff, they both veered into different paths. Oh, true, but I I kind of feel like Deadpool's persona is almost as a troll, and you know it was kind of a troll move to 
make it that much of a blatant so ripoff. It's just real meta. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I, I think Deathstroke himself would make an awesome villain, a multi-dimensional villain for a good Batman movie, or if they went a Teen Titans movie, maybe, you know, or even if they gave Nightwing his own movie. Yeah. You know, they, that would work. And I think that's where his I'd be own... more excited, is if Deathstroke was a straight-up villain in somebody's movie. I don't know if I'd like this solo movie to try to turn him into, like, an anti-hero type thing. Yeah. Especially since that's going to become over... We're, we're going to be inundated with that very soon, with the Punisher's Netflix releasing, and Deadpool himself getting a second movie. Sony's Venom and... movie. Venom. Yeah, it's all going to come anti-hero at once. Yeah. And I think it's going to get oversaturated a little bit on that. Unless they Suicide wait and Squad see... Two. Yeah. I mean, unless they wait and see what the market does. Because if all these movies start hitting around the same time, maybe they delay this to see how they perform. But I'm sure if one of those makes, a you know, $600 million, they're going to be like, hurry up, make that Deathstroke movie, let's go. I just hope they don't get over confident based on what Deadpool 2 is going to make. Oh, you know they will. I hope not. I hope for their sake, I hope not. Because Deadpool 2, I bet you, will make close to a billion. The last one made like 700 and some odd million, and a lot of people, that was their introduction to Deadpool. See, the Deadpool movie, and I can't remember if we've had this conversation before, I think the release date for Deadpool helped it a lot. That mid-February release date, there's nothing else out there. Deadpool 2 is slated for, like, a June release date, which is right smack in the middle of summer. I don't mm-hmm. know how many weeks it's going to have at the theater before something else big comes out to sort of shove it around and get it out of the way. So I don't know if it'll have the legs that it needs to to make that amount of money. I don't know. Opening two it weeks, does- I guarantee you it'll make a shit ton of money. But after two weeks, I don't know. I don't know what it'll do. I'd have to look and see what else is coming out around it. Because as far as I know, there's not really anything huge that's going to get in its way. Maybe Isn't that late... Black Panther, like, a couple weeks before it? Black Panther's this February, this coming February. Oh, it's February. Yeah. What was the one coming in June? June or July, I thought there was one of the Marvel movies coming. I'm sure there is a Marvel movie in July. I think Ant-Man 2 is July. Ant-Man 2. Okay. And then we get the Infinity War November or May. Infinity, Infinity War is in May. War. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of, because that's that's the one that's a few weeks before Deadpool 2. That one be like is, a, like that one is I think, beginning of May. Yeah, so it's a month ahead. Yeah. But, I mean, that'll still be holding theaters a little bit after a month. It'll still be holding up a little bit. Well, I think they have, uh, I think Disney has Infinity War the first weekend of May, and then the last weekend of May, they have Han Solo. So depending where Deadpool is in June, if it is the end of June, it might be able to get I away from Solo Avengers. Movie's coming in May. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't realize it was that soon. Uh, they still haven't moved the release date, so as far as I know, that's still where it's coming. Wow. Because nine was supposed to be the following May, but with that director change, they moved it back to December. So we're gonna go like eighteen months without a Star Wars. Oh my yes. God. What are we gonna do? I know, Talk we're about inundated Star Wars. with Star Wars <laughs> for all this time, then we're going to have to go 18 months. 
Yeah, it's gonna be real weird. We get a you know six five six months gap in between seven and Han Solo, and then eighteen months between Solo and yeah. nine. Oh, I would have liked this yearly schedule, Disney. You're really fucking with me here. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not gonna be sad when it's five months. You know, six months in between those two. That'll feel really good. Yeah, but then the longer wait is really gonna screw with you. <laughs> yeah. That that's gonna make things bad, but Deathstroke. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I hope they go, they tread cautiously and try to rethink and make a make him a very solid villain for a movie, and as opposed to making his own movie. Yeah, I don't because I don't know who he, like. For a Deathstroke movie, if he is supposed to be the antihero or the 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 main character, I don't know who he fights or what the plot of that movie would be. Maybe somebody uh, shorts him on a contract and he gets his revenge. Penguin. Penguin hires him to take a hit. There you go. Okay. And some way, somehow, the penguin's trying to trick him into killing somebody he normally wouldn't, or something. Wasn't doesn't uh, Deathstroke have a son of some kind? I think so. So they they could make it a personal story, something like that. Yeah. If he's trying to save his kid, it's going to be hard to root against him. Yeah, they they always have that kid route to go. Oh, and for the record, I looked it up. Deadpool 2 is June 1st, so it is the week after Han Solo. Ooh. That's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much bank they're expecting Han Solo to make, considering all the shit that went down with that movie. And It's still Han Solo. Right. But it's not Harrison Ford, and I think there's a difference there. I don't know how many people will want to see someone else be Han Solo. Good point. So I'm, st- I'm really curious to see what that movie does, because I don't know what kind of crowd that's going to attract. I feel like a lot of the older fans of Star Wars that are really into the original trilogy, I don't think they'd see this movie. If you're talking fans, like we're fans, yes, they will. If you're talking fans like some of our parents who kind of like Star Wars, but they're you know they're not that into it, maybe not. I'm thinking that, and I'm thinking people that hate the prequels. I don't think that crowd will see Han Solo. Those people who hate the sequels. Oh. The, the prequels. The prequels, not the sequels. Yeah. You know, because I mean, someone's messing with yeah. Star Wars and they're changing it and, you know, the original trilogy is their Bible type of thing. Yeah. You're right about them. That, 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 but I think they'll still see it. I think they I think they talk a big game then they go and they're like, oh my god, lightsabers. <laughs> and they just go. And... You know, they, they, they talk a lot about it, but they actually go and see the stuff. Yeah, it's funny. You talk to the people that probably hate the prequels, and you ask them how many times they saw the prequels in theaters, and they're like, oh, three or four times. Well, if, yeah. if you hated it, why did you see it that many? Oh, I had to make sure it sucked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they, they, they own every possible edition of it as right. well. Yeah. And they're like, no, but it's it's horrible. It's horrible. I never but watch I, it. I just put it on the shelf so I can complete the but, set. But, it's, it's there. But but I will buy the 4K Blu-ray when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Star Wars fans, we know. We love you. 
We're we're with you. <laughs> we are. We 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 just get a laugh out. Of <laughs> get a laugh out of ourselves. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to add for Deathstroke? Nothing. Do we think nope. uh, Deathstroke will appear in any of these other movies, Justice League or Ben Affleck's Batman? You think they're going to save him for a solo film, or you think we'll get him somewhere else before? It would be cool to see a cameo, even yeah. if even if it was uh, a singer at the end. Yeah, because I think I feel like th- like there was a production photo somewhere of death of someone in a Deathstroke costume, and it eventually came out. I thought that it was Manganello dressed up like that on set. So I don't know if that was like a costume test. Or if they shot a scene in Justice League, and maybe it's now on the cutting room floors because of the, you know, whatever they reshot or retooled with the script and stuff for that movie. Maybe he's he got cut out. I don't know. But, I, I you know, I would, it would be cool to see him just pop up in Justice League for a little bit. Even if it was just a deleted scene that you ended up seeing on the, yeah. the Blu-ray when you picked it up. Yeah, I'd be cool with that, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Alright, so we do have another DC movie that made some headway earlier in the week, or I guess last week now. Uh, This was another movie that was announced, I think, years ago as part of the DC movie schedule. Uh, That was Shazam. Um, The Rock was circling this movie for a while. He was eventually cast as Shazam's nemesis, Black Adam. I think since, because he was cast years ago, too. Like it was, mm-hmm. it, it's been a while since he's been attached to this movie, but since then, I think he's become like such a mega star that Warner Brothers in DC decided to move forward on a Black Adam solo film. So I'm guessing that means Black Adam is not in this Shazam movie now. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know if I've seen anything officially one way or the other. Um, but since they announced the Black Adam movie, there hasn't been too much about Shazam that came out. Uh, Last week, Warner Brothers announced that they had found their lead for Shazam, and they cast Zachary Levi. If you don't know that name, uh, he Chuck. is yeah probably well known <laughs> for playing lovable Chuck from the NBC spy show. Um, he is rumored to have beat out such other frontrunners as John Cena. Oh. Uh, I don't know any of these other people. Derek Theller, Zane Holtz, Billy Mag- Magnuson. And Jake McDorman. Yeah, I don't know any of those guys. Yeah, I don't know what they're from. Um, and I don't know too much about Shazam, but the articles I was reading, I guess Shazam is, he's basically, he's a boy named Billy Batson who is able to channel the powers of Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury when he shouts the magical word Shazam and transforms himself into an adult superhero. And when I was reading about this, one thing that I found out that I didn't realize is that Shazam is an acronym for all of those ancient figures that I just yep. named that he yep. gets powers from. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. A little Easter egg that I, I found. So I, I like that. Uh, so what do you guys think of this casting? I think that'll be pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean... He might have to bulk up better. Oh, he's already hitting the gym. Yeah, he's the, the immediately after he posted on Instagram that he he was humbled by getting the role. It was I'll get I'll be at the gym forever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, if you look at the comics, isn't Shazam about the same size as Black Adam when they're fighting and stuff? And Shazam is like a Superman. Right. Yeah. Right. And let me tell you, The Rock is a fuck ton bigger than 
Zachary Levi. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Zachary <laughs> Levi's not getting to the rock side. You don't, you don't get to be what the rock is unless you've done that your whole life. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you can bulk up for a movie, but you can't do that. Right. Um, <laughs> so I would expect him to, if he dedicates himself to it, to get significantly bigger than he is. Yeah. And hopefully look just fine in the role. I think him as an actor, I think will be just fine because Shazam does have a bit of humor to it. And I think he'll bring that along as well as the rock. Um, I don't know about the rock as black Adam in some ways, because the rock does bring a lot of humor, but black Adam's a very dark character. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how well that's going to go over with how charismatic the rock is. Because no matter what the Rock's doing, you want to like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's well, he's playing a, you know going back to the like, anti-hero oh, thing. I think cool. that's what they're planning to do with this Black Adam thing. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, if you cast the Rock in that, you almost have to. Yeah, because because nobody wants the Rock to be the villain. No. Uh, and you know, I think Mike, I think you mentioned it too that between the rock and Zach Levi, this movie seems like it's going to more of like a comedic tone or at least maybe like a fun tone, not as dark and serious as some of these other DC movies, which I think would be good. And I granted, I love Zach Levi cause I love Chuck. I love most of the stuff he's been in. I really was not, a, I didn't even know he was in the running for this role. Because I was still thinking The Rock was attached to this movie as the antagonist, so I was thinking you need someone comparable to fight him. So when I heard John Cena was in the running, I was like, oh, that's that's the clear winner. It's got to be John Cena for Shazam. Him well, versus The yeah. Rock, I think, would be awesome. Well, and, and, I mean, the thing with that yeah, is... Yeah, maybe is in WrestleMania. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't think well, that'd be a good superhero with... fight? I think, I, I think that'd be uh, awesome. I'm not sold on John Cena as an actor. Although he was good well, in that Amy Schumer movie. He's got some good comedic timing. He does. And the, the thing with Shazam, you have to remember, is that the character building and all of that is going to happen while he's Billy Batson, not while he's Shazam. Right. Because he gets into danger or he needs to do something. Shazam. He turns, you know. So how do you think they're, they're going to do the, the boy? Do you think they're going to, like somehow de-age Zach Levi to, like, have a child actor, but then put, like, somehow Zach Levi's face on it to make it look... No, that seems ridiculous the more I talk about it. You think they'll pull, like, a Captain America? Where they make him look, like, all frail and... See, that's that's sort of different because... Just make him weak? Yeah. Oh, maybe. I, I mean, I could see them sort of casting a child actor just to be the that be the kid and i think zach levi is is really charismatic and and fun in the stuff that i've seen him in so if he has to play an adult with the mentality of a kid i think he fits that right definitely so if that's the if that's the way they want to go like when he's Shazam he's still making kid jokes and and acting like a really excited giddy kid geeking out fighting alongside like Batman and Superman. I I see that as Zack Levi. <laughs> kind of what they did with Spider-Man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> making the selfie video while he's there like, "Oh my god." <laughs> yeah, so that uh, yeah, sort of like that Peter Parker personality, but just make that person an adult. 
So I, I could I could definitely see the more I, I thought about it, I could see Zach Levi really fitting in with this pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I'll be anxious to see how, how big he does bulk up, how much muscle he puts on. And I'm curious to see what he looks like in this suit. Because I think he had, when he posted on Instagram, he put, I think it was what I posted on the Facebook page, but he put a somebody's fan art picture of him in the Shazam suit. And he does look leaner than most of the other concept art I'd seen and stuff for Shazam. But the picture that he put up with, you know, what looks like him in the Shazam suit, it looks pretty damn good. So if that's what it turns out to be, it could, be, could look pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. That doesn't look bad. Yeah, I saw that, and it just kind of, like, all came together. Needs the cape on it, but other than that, it looks good. Oh, it doesn't have the cape? Maybe I missed that. Yeah, it has, the like, the shoulder plate where the cape would be normally hanging over, but it doesn't actually have the cape on it. Gotcha, okay. Um, I don't know if this... I, I couldn't remember if uh, they actually have a release date for this movie or not. That's something I'm going to try to Google real quick. Uh, Google is telling me that April 5th, 2019 is when they were slated for Shazam. Okay. So that'll be right around Gambit. Yeah, mm-hmm. two months after Gambit. So we'll see. I what I still don't know again is I I saw no confirmation one way or the other. I don't think that even though Black Adam is getting his own movie, that he's not appearing in Shazam still. So I don't know if they're gonna like give Shazam and Black Adam their own movies side by side, and then sort of like lead them into Shazam two together, or if it's gonna be Black Adam's part of Shazam and then spinning off into his own movie, or. DC's plans, you can't even fucking tell, because they change them every fucking month, so... <laughs> Who knows what they're planning. Yeah, I was gonna say, we're... I think what you said is just as likely as, like, neither of these movies actually ending up made. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can see it going either way, right? You know, what I should do for one of these podcasts, now I'm thinking about it, I should go back to the original press release from DC of all their movies that they were like, we're gonna make these over the next five years. And see how many of those actually got made and came out when they were supposed to. Because I feel like the only one that did is like Suicide Squad or Wonder Woman. The Suicide yeah. Squad was such a great movie. <laughs> and you could compare it with Marvel Studios saying this is where things are going to come out. And then realize that had they not accepted Spider-Man into the fold when they got that opportunity that they'd have been exactly on their mark for oh, pretty yeah. much every single movie along the way. Marvel like, is a this November fourth, twenty seventeen for Thor Ragnarok has been set for how long? Well I think the I think the release date of November was set for something. I think Thor was originally supposed to be this past July when Spider Man was. But because of right, Spider Man I mean. like if you take that Spider Man out of it. Yeah. Because that, like, adding in Spider-Man, because they're like, oh, crap, well, we got a hold of Spider-Man, we'll move something for that. Right. If that hadn't happened, I feel like they would have been dead on schedule Yeah. for every movie along the way when they released their long timeline. The only one that I think would have ended up different either way is Inhumans. Yeah. Because that was originally, like, slated to be the last on their schedule. Right. But they canned that idea. For now. Yeah. Well, I don't think the TV show's doing too well, so we'll see if they ever do anything else with the Inhumans after this first season of, of the TV show. Um, 
Yeah, so I guess if we, if we ever want to just want to bash DC in their release schedule at some point, that could be something something to do. <laughs> <laughs> just make them the punching bag for an entire episode. <laughs> uh, Alright, anything else for Shazam? Nothing? Alright. Uh, last story I got. Um, I just found this sort of interesting and asinine by Disney, so I thought it might be worth talking about. Uh, story hit a couple days ago about Disney and their stipulations for The Last Jedi when it hits theaters next month. Um, I guess apparently when studios try to get their movie screened certain places, some studios come with certain things they want done per theater to try to accommodate the movie better, I guess. Um, Disney was making headlines because of their outrageous demands that seem a little bit much. Uh, so some of the bullet points for this are, uh, for every ticket sold for The Last Jedi, Disney is taking 65% of the revenue. Now, the previous benchmark for this, not every studio does this, but this is the highest it was before, was 55%. Studios would take 55% of every ticket and put it in their pocket. Um, another thing Disney's going to do is they are requiring theaters, requiring theaters to show the movie on their biggest and best screen for no less than four weeks. So The Last Jedi comes out mid-December. They have to keep it on those screens until mid-January. Theaters can also not pull a single showtime from from their movie, or for the, for the movie, through their uh, time schedule, unless authorized by Disney. If a theater violates this rule, Disney's cut of the ticket sales goes up to 70% instead of 65 Uh it's worth pointing out one of these articles that I read that apparently these terms won't go into effect until the movie crosses the 500 million mark domestically, but it's a star Wars movie. The last two star Wars movies easily made 500 million. So So six o'clock on the next day. Yeah. So that's going to happen. So, and then another thing that the articles point out is that the, the main question I think maybe to ask yourself is if you run a small theater with only one screen and you decide to show the last Jedi, would you want to do that? Because that's the only thing you can play for four weeks. Would it be different for someone who only has one screen? I don't know. The wall street journal was citing an article of like in their article, they made mention of a single screen theater and they weren't really sure what that person would do. Or citing that as an example of like, you know, this theater is stuck with this movie for four weeks. Granted, Star Wars will bring in money, like, the first week or two, I'm sure people will see it, but if you're in a small town with one screen, how that's not really centric in a Star Wars town, like, how many people are going to want to go see that for four weeks? Yeah, I mean, to me, this is big money pushing around the little guy once again. Yep. Like, it, it, it's, it, does Disney need that extra 10 or 15%? Absolutely not. Disney could survive off of this movie. This movie's going to go over a billion dollars. We all know this already. Probably, what what was the budget on it? Like $200 It's got to be somewhere up there like that, yeah. So, if it sells a billion dollars, they need 20% of revenue to break even. And then they need an additional whatever to make their profit off of it to make it worth their time. So they're saying that, say, a 35% profit... Which is in actuality is 125 percent profit from their investment is not good enough, and they want that additional 10 percent, 
or 15% back from the theater, for what? So the theater and the little guy that owns the theater is going to lose out on thousands of dollars in that deal. Right. So that Disney can make, you know, tens of millions, if not a couple hundred million more. <laughs> and this is coming from the studio that I think the last two or three years has been the quickest to hit one billion profit over the course of, like, all the Star Wars movies and Marvel movies and, what you know, Disney movies, whatever they release over a current year. It seems like either mid or end of the summer, they're crossing the one billion mark, and they're the first studio to do it for the year. So they're they're not hurting for money. No, no. I mean, if they're making a billion dollars profit, you know, in th- th- this isn't another industry. We're saying, well, that comes out of this one's pocket or that one's pocket. No, when you talk about the budget for a movie, that includes everybody's salary that's working on that in film, one hundred percent. That is the budget for the movie. Yeah, this isn't all the other costs associated with it, it's all there. This is just Disney executives' money that we're talking about making the money off of this. You know, sure, you know, I doubt any of the Star Wars actors have a Downey-esque percentage-based contract. Yeah. I doubt any of, none of them were a big enough deal before Star Wars to have demanded that in their contract. They were just, you want me cast for a main role in Star Wars? Yes, sign me up. Well, that's the thing. That My career is launched. With, you know, as soon as they signed these no-name actors up for a Star Wars trilogy, they were hands down probably signed for three movies and whatever other tie-in stuff they want to do. One th- Okay, so side sidebar. Uh, I've been trying to get through some of my back catalog of games, and being in the Star Wars mood, I had bought Lego The Force Awakens. Uh, when it was on sale. I noticed sale. you playing that. Yeah. So I started going back and trying to play it because I hadn't played it before. One thing I noticed is that most of the main cast voices lines in this game. Fucking like, Harrison Ford vo- voices lines for Lego Han Solo. Are you serious? Yes. Holy shit. So that's the thing. Like, whenever they sign these people for these movies, it was probably somewhere in their contract that said, oh, by the way, we're going to tie in this Lego Star Wars game, so we need you to voice your character there. That's just part of signing up for this franchise. Well, aren't, the, la- Lego, aren't the Lego games Warner Brothers? They might be. But I think, like, they they probably somehow... I mean, they get the... Well, see, yeah, this is where it's tricky. Yeah, I you don't get know Lego if, DC, you get Lego Marvel, you get Lego Pirates, you get Lego... Lego, everything. yeah, Lego might be owned by Warner Brothers, but Lego as a toy company has licenses for Star Wars and Marvel and all those other brands. So I don't know if they make Lego games if they're tapping in through the toy licenses or... I would bet they are. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's the only way that would make sense. Um, But... Or those companies just don't care, and they're just like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you think it's everybody Lego wins games. for... like you're making them for kids. Yeah, everybody wins for They're paying for us Lego a royalty. Game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of shit myself a little bit when Harrison Ford is saying new lines of dialogue in a Lego game. <laughs> yeah, which to me says if he didn't voice anything for Battlefront 2, I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure it was a one and done. Like, everybody probably agreed oh, to voice for this kid's game. And and that was the end of it. But, yeah, so, again, I'm sure when all these people were hired, this is just, again, they just gave them probably a bunch of bullet points to the contract that they have to do, and they're signed up for three movies, and they're, they're paying them probably the minimum. I don't know if there's ever going to be, like, some sort of renegotiation maybe halfway through this trilogy or something when Star Wars movies keep making 
money or if they decide to do another trilogy and they want to continue the story of these new characters, that's when the money is going to start rolling in for all these actors. I'm sure they took good care of them to begin with. I'm sure they didn't short these people. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Daisy and John are making a fair dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to me. I'm sure they paid Harrison Ford quite a mint. Um, Mark Hamill probably was hopping outside their back door like a hungry puppy. <laughs> um, and as was Carrie Fisher at that time. You know, she wasn't doing anything, but that's, you know, widely known. That was her favorite character to portray. Yeah. And so I'm sure it wasn't difficult to get any of them. Harrison Ford, I'm sure they dished it out for, even though I'm sure Mark Hamill got plenty of money to do the movie. It's, it's not but, Harrison Ford money, but it, probably a lot of money. Right. But, I mean, it, it, I would guess beyond Harrison Ford, they probably spent the most money on Oscar Isaac. I mean, I would think. Yeah, because he's a pretty Adam good Driver movie? Adam Driver was in a couple of things. I mean, I feel like he was getting well-known too, but I think he was still sort of like under the cusp for mostly unknown for a lot of people. I feel like people probably watch Star Wars and be like, oh, it's that dude from Girls. But <laughs> how many people do you know actually watch Girls? Yeah. I mean, that's but- the only thing I knew him I, I knew he was in, not that I watched Girls, but the only thing I knew that he was sort of popular from prior to Force Awakens. Yeah, and it, it I don't know. To me, it, it seems like such a shitty, greedy move by Disney. Yeah, I mean, that, as much as I love Disney, in the end, they're just another money-hungry studio, just like everybody else. Yeah. Kind of like the evil empire. <laughs> there you go. And, and to me, I, I, you know, that's why theaters should like band against them and say, "Well, then we won't show your movie at all." And then Disney will back down and say, "Well, we need to make back that hundred and twenty million and make a billion profit." So yeah, okay, we'll just take the fifty-five percent because we were being greedy assholes. The only <laughs> like, thing, I, you know, with Disney though, even. Hypothetically, even if all the theaters were like, no, we are banding together, we are not screening Star Wars because your demands are outrageous and we don't get anything from it. That's probably when Disney's like, oh, okay, you want to do that? Here's our streaming service. Bam, it's out there for the public. You want to watch Star Wars? 15 bucks a pop. Bam. But, like, that's where people will pay to watch Star Wars. No matter where you oh, put no, it. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. No, so if absolutely. it's not in the theater, Disney will find another way to release it and make money. Yeah. That's you're you're definitely right. Because we but, know they're making they're working on their streaming service, which is probably everything I've heard. Of this they're looking at twenty nineteen to set this thing off. So we'll see how strict they get letting other people watch and stream and screen other Disney properties. Because that's when all that stuff's leaving Netflix, like Star Wars and Marvel movies. All that stuff's leaving Netflix by twenty nineteen to go on Disney's service. Yep. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, the the Netflix series, that'll be a shame. You know, like Daredevil and all them going, if they go, that would be a shame. See, I but feel like that movies... would stay. Yeah. But like, something that's like, I mean. like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is ABC-owned and a Marvel property, that's off Netflix. Right. And that, well, what I was getting at is I, I own all that stuff anyways. It's like I own copies of all the movies I would want to watch. Right. And the shows, I own about half the seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
You know, so it's not, it wouldn't be that big of a hit for me personally as a fan of it enough that I buy all of them anyways. Right. But for somebody who relies on Netflix to watch them, yeah, that would suck. To have to get a different service, which Disney will certainly overcharge for. <laughs> yeah. What makes you think that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I, I really want to see what type of price point and stuff they put out for that. If it's going to be comparable to that CBS All Access. Because I don't know how, how much is actually, that. I thought that was shit. No, I can't remember if it's ten or fifteen bucks a month. I can't remember. Holy crap! That's ridiculous Can for just it. CBS. Like yeah. Jesus. Well, was that the uh, Star Trek? Yeah, they're they were hyping people up with that Star Trek Discovery show. That's the only place to watch that. And then any any I think any past seasons of any other Star Trek show is available there. I don't know how how deep the catalog goes for CBS shows. If it's current stuff, old stuff, like I don't I don't know what's under their CBS umbrella for right. them to show. But still, like Hulu is ten dollars a month, and I get NBC and Fox and ABC and I still CBS. think that's going to be a limited time. Like that stuff's by the time 2019, 2020 rolls around, I think every single one of those networks is going to have their own service. And I think Hulu's going to die. I don't know. I don't know what their contracts are with those companies. So I don't know when they can get out of them. Considering every network seems to be slowly going into their own streaming service, I, I, it's, I think it's only a matter of time. Which is just kind of pushing us all back to one thing and back to cable. It could, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, exactly. That's same, how I feel about it. Like Same amount of money either way. Who knows? Uh, that'll just piss me off beyond belief if they're like, oh, now you have to go back to cable and overpay for 40 channels that you'll never watch and six that you do. Because I think Netflix knows they're losing a lot of content in the next coming, you know, in the upcoming years between all their licenses expiring and, and networks trying to do their own streaming service. Networks, Netflix keeps investing in original content. They They want to have a service that's just their own shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, and we as consumers, the best thing we can do is just not subscribe to those things at all and force them to go back into making money off of it somehow by giving Hulu and Netflix back contracts. Right. That that would be the way to go. But I don't know if that'll happen. No, I doubt it. No, people are sheep. They'll just be like, oh, well, now I have to pay for this to get it from here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of like it. the whole microtransaction video game thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing I want to get into. That was one thing I was, I was texting Mike. I was like, I really want to talk about something like that because a lot of the stuff was making headlines the last couple weeks. Um, but that would, I think, require a lot more research than I had time for to try to prepare for this episode. So that's in my back pocket. And if you want to talk about that, we'll try to schedule that sometime. But the loot yeah, boxes, I mean, microtransactions, we should because that kind of it's, shit. It's getting out of control. Activision's mm-hmm. filing for certain patents about... Uh, oh, that was fucking horseshit. Yeah. That, that stuff is the most and... bullshit patent I've ever seen a company file for in a video. Dealing with video games, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. And That uh, just... I was triggered. EA, <laughs> EA was doing some stupid shit, closing studios and trying to revamp a certain Star Wars game into something that sounds like it's going to go through a microtransaction and loot box revamp. So, yeah, that's... it's It's... It's in my it's in the back of my mind. It's something I want to dive into. I just I want to make sure I have all the facts and the information that I can get to present the right information. But at some point, 
we'll 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 definitely try to cover that. Uh, anything else for uh the the money whore that's Disney? <laughs> no, no, no. Keep making okay. Star Wars movies, Disney. You know. <laughs> <laughs> they they keep making this much money off them. You know they're never they're not going to stop. They're just going to keep rolling them out. Uh, all right. So I think we probably got through that pretty decent amount of time left. Do you guys want to? We'll talk about what we've been up to and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. What's up with you? Not much, man. What's up with you? All right. Uh, so yeah, this is another segment we haven't done in a while. So this is just where we talk about what we've been watching, playing, reading lately. Uh, just give us a little bit of a opportunity to rant or rave about whatever we are into as of right now. Uh, so who would like to go first? Any volunteers? All right, I'll do it. All right, Mike. <laughs> um. Well, lately. Uh, television-wise, The Walking Dead's back. Uh, we're only two episodes in, so I'm not going to talk a whole lot about what's going on in case people haven't watched. No, don't want to go spoilers. And pretty much the same thing on the other television as Stranger Things too. Uh, power watch the hell out of that. Yeah. Um, and same thing there. I don't really want to spoil. It was amazing. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah I, I think thought, if we're going through um, like sort of like recommendations and stuff, we don't want to get into spoilers. Just general impressions of stuff. Whatever we're into yeah it, it it held up from what season one was able to do it held up and is 100% worth watching which I'm sure anybody who watched season one well knows that they needed to watch season two and they're not going to be disappointed I know um, Mike finished Andy did you start Stranger Things uh no we're uh, actually uh, thinking about doing a marathon here pretty soon okay because that's something I do want to cover so I've Mike was asking about it this week, but I was like, I think we got to get some other people caught up before we try to talk about it. So if you if you finish it, let me know. Okay. So we'll try um, to schedule something to get into that because that's that's worth talking about. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, the only other thing television wise that uh, is new for me is uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, the new season is going on. Rebels? So far, Rebels. God damn. I was like, Clone Wars? You went back to watch Clone Wars. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, yes. Clone Wars uh, is not Rebels. They are not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the new season of Rebels um, is out there, and I have been enjoying the hell out of that. Same thing. Absolute blast so far with that. Um, I know there, there's a few out there that I'm have been meaning to watch, haven't gotten to. Um, as far like as other gifted. shows? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Gifted, uh, at the forefront of that, is one I have not yet got to. Um, just recently, I finished uh, the Thrawn and Ahsoka books from the new Star Wars series. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, about halfway through Bloodline. Um, Ahsoka was a decent enough book didn't blow my mind thrawn i thought was fantastic yeah. um that that was a book that kept you reading it and thinking about it during the day and how this was going to play out or that was going to play out throughout your day until you got to read it some more yeah um and there's some unanswered questions that sound very interesting um i really don't think it's spoilers at this point since that book's been out for nearly a year 
Um, but when do we get to find out exactly how Thrawn knew Anakin? Um, that will be interesting. They, they touch on it, but they never really thoroughly explain it. Um, and I think that would be pretty cool to get into. Um, there was a little nod like that. Like, I remember that little nod in the book. And then I started thinking, like, did they cross paths in the Clone Wars at some point? Like, in the cartoon? I don't remember Thrawn ever showing up in the Clone See, Wars. See, I feel no. like there was there was an episode that teased, like, a Chice alien. Like, a blue-skinned, red-eyed, like, they crossed paths with someone briefly. And I don't know if we were led to believe that that was supposed to be Thrawn or not. And I could be just spitballing here. Maybe I'm making that up or something. But I thought that was in a show, an episode somewhere. Oh, well, see, saying that will be the type of thing that will make me go back and rewatch every episode intently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that's the thing. I couldn't tell you what season. I couldn't tell you what episode. And maybe I'm I'm pulling that from another expanded universe type of thing. But I, I could have sworn something like that's happened somewhere. And I wish I had more specific details for you to try to track that down. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, you just opened up a rabbit hole, so I'm gonna have to peer into that one. <laughs> Try to Google um, it first but, and see if I'm even in the ballpark. Because if I'm not, there's no reason to go back and watch six seasons of Clone Wars for one thing that doesn't happen. In in return, I will open up a rabbit hole for you and say that uh, at the end of the Ahsoka book, we actually get a bit of insight as to the origins of the Inquisitors. Um, okay. And where they come from, who they are, what they are, you get a lot more information at the end of that book about them. I think I even and seen it, that uh, the latest, because they had a Darth Vader line of comic books that hit like episode, or issue 25, I think they wrapped it up. And then they went back and okay. did another Darth Vader comic book, started at number one again. Um, but instead of taking place in between Empire and A New Hope, this one takes place like right after he becomes Darth Vader. Okay. And I think there are, I'm pretty sure I saw the cover for this week's issue, and it's Darth Vader facing off against like five or six Inquisitors. So there could be some background information on those, like the Inquisitor characters in, in those issues too. What I, what I would say, the, the end of the Ahsoka thing and what I took from it, I would say is a bit of a spoiler. So I don't want to say exactly what it is. Yeah, don't tell me. But... I would say that that could possibly make sense. Um, but they don't touch on Vader actually fighting with them. It's things that Ahsoka learns about them from her interactions with them in the book. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a book that's on my back catalog that I really want to get to at some point, but I haven't got there yet. Yeah, it, it like I said, it, it's worth the read. It's just. I think that might be a fun audiobook to do because I think Ashley Eckstein voiced, like, narrated the audiobook. Oh, that'd be cool. I didn't know that. I might have done the audiobook had I known that. Yeah, so you get actually Ahsoka talking to you and reading the book to you, which could be fun. Yeah, that, that would. In character? That's awesome. Um. And as far as. Uh, I'll wrap myself up here as far as gaming goes. Destiny 2 is getting to be a bit of a bore lately. Um, and I turned to, as we talked about earlier, I started playing Knights of the Old Republic again since that became available on Xbox One. 
same game as always was, just really quick loading screens, unlike the original Xbox One, does where it, you had to wait for a while. Does it look any better, or graphics any better? I mean, it might be a little sharper with, okay. you know, HD, but it's not updated graphics in any way. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if they polished it up at all. No, no, it's just the pretty much the exact same thing you remember, but you'll see things a little bit sharper, because TVs are better now than they used to be. Yeah, alright. But other than that, I don't notice any difference. Um, the the sound comes through a little clearer. Um, you know, and the other thing of note is that the Xbox One controller feels a hell of a lot better playing that game. <laughs> um, the swoop races definitely feel much easier to handle oh, now okay. than they originally did. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I still get lost every now and then playing Pazak for an hour. <laughs> I uh, forgot about that game. <laughs> is that a big yeah. game? Yeah, it's kind of if it's, a, it's like a card game, right? Yeah, it's a card game that you can gamble your in-game credits against NPCs. Okay. And some of them are more difficult than others. Some of them cheat. <laughs> some of them, you know, like are unbeatable. Uh, but it, it's still fun, and it's actually. So, like, I don't know why they couldn't have gone back and just changed a couple letters in the code, but the game is supposed to be called Sabak, but in this game it's called Pazak. I, I don't I don't know why they never fixed that. <laughs> um, and the other game I've been playing, I just started today, was the Fractured Butthole uh, South Park game. Um, not long enough title. into it to... Oh my god, it... If they wanted to get away with saying butthole in the title of a video game, they found a way to do it. <laughs> and, they, you know, they they, they were going to figure it out one way or another. <laughs> and I'm not far enough in to give any real judgment of the game, but from the short time I've spent with it thus far, it feels like you're walking around South Park, doing stuff in South Park. You can go into every home, see where everybody lives, raid their cabinets and shit. You know, it... And it, it's fully voiced the same way that shows are, everything, everywhere you go. And it, you know, it, it's very much what you'd expect. Your superpowers very often have to deal with farting <laughs> and things along that line. You go into Cartman's mom's room and you find some lube and an anal plug. You know, <laughs> it, you know that's that's the actually the items you pick up out of the drawer. It doesn't actually show you them. It just pops up and tells you like, oh, you found Cartman's mom's anal plug it, at 40, 40 cents. Isn't isn't there a thing? Because I was I was watching some YouTube videos of people start to play it. I think there's like a I don't know what it gets you other than maybe an achievement. I don't know if it helps your character at all. But you have to go to like everybody's house and take a shit in their toilet. Yes, there is a shitting mini game. Um, the the Deuce mini game, and there's different difficulties depending on whose house you're in. <laughs> so you know, and it's it's really silly mini games, but it's just hilarious that you're just like walking into random people's houses, going up to the bathroom to take a crap, and there's a mini game to it. <laughs> and you know, you get a uh, a ranking on the crap you take. You know, it, it, you have to fill up a bar depending on how hard it is. Uh, one to five stars, I believe. I don't know if it goes above four. That's the hardest I've experienced thus far. But it's it's kind of ridiculous that you just kind of go in and do that. But 
yeah, there's that to it. Um, it. It's fully ridiculous, but fully fun so far, all the same. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, right now, just kind of looking forward two weeks, Battlefront 2 comes out, and that'll be the game when the time comes. Yeah. I will not be purchasing Call of Duty on Friday. That That's not happening tomorrow. Yeah, I'm anxious to see, not that I'm going to get it, but I'm anxious to see what people think of that game after it's released, because it's got a lot of hype coming out to release day. Yeah. So, we'll see if this is Call of Duty back to the roots type of thing. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, I will get it eventually to play this story, which looks pretty awesome, and to play the zombies mode, which looks actually does look incredible. Yeah. The Nazi zombies mode in this does look pretty awesome, and they're going to tie it into the story some way, somehow, like actually tie it in, which, you know, it, it looks really awesome. Multiplayer in this game, I'll never probably play a match. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't bought a Call of Duty game probably since, like, Black Ops 2. So I don't know how many years it's been. Three or four, maybe? And I, I feel better for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot less frustrated playing first-person shooters now. I agree. Uh, but that, that that's pretty much it, as far as what I've been up to in this realm. Looking forward to tomorrow. That's, you know... Thor. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna have to be our show next week because I know I'm seeing it this weekend. Try to track down whoever else is gonna go out this weekend and tr- see if I can get him on the show. Um, all right, so Andy, what do you got? Uh, let's see. Um, just finished uh, Death Note on Netflix. I don't the know if I know what that is. Animated, the anime, not the movie. Because Netflix took the anime and turned it into a Netflix original movie. Yeah, okay. Which we haven't watched yet. But uh, so I would recommend it if you're, even if you're not into the whole uh, anime thing, it's uh, still a pretty good watch. It's a really cool um, uh, dynamic between uh, the criminal and the person trying to catch the criminal. Okay. Without giving away any spoilers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's ah, it's a pretty long show too. So, how many episodes? Uh, I can't tell you off the top of my head, but it's pretty long. Traditional thirteen, or you think it's more than that? Like like thirty. Oh wow! Okay, are they half hour episodes? Uh, yes. Okay. But yeah, so I I'd, I'd recommend bad. it. It's pretty good. Uh, we still haven't watched the Netflix original movie yet to see how it compares. Okay. But, uh, this, we Willem Dafoe's in that, right? I want to say yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's... I'm not positive. If he's playing who I think he's playing, it's going to be awesome. I mean, if Willem Dafoe's in it, it's going to be awesome. I, I pretty much go with that rule. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, see, we finished... Uh, Voltron season four, was it? Yeah. I was going to bring that one up too. Um, which was also pretty awesome. My favorite part, uh, I don't think it's a spoiler or anything, is uh, when, um, I can't remember his name, but he's he's the goofy Altaian guy that's always in the ca- castle with him. Oh, uh, yeah. Hell's Shit. 
But uh, at one point... (laughs) The guy with the mustache. The the mustache guy. Yeah. But uh, at one point... Yeah, Coran. He knows a guy named B. Dobie. And he says, help me. Oh, B. (laughs) Dobie. You're my only hope. And I about lost it. <laughs> it that you know the humor in that cartoon still surprises me. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really good show. I'm I, I am a fan. I was a little uh, pissed that season three and this last season four they like why they are they so, just combined them into one season? Yeah, why are they so truncated? And they came out like a couple months apart. Yeah, it doesn't like make three sense. ended in like like came out in October or September, and they're like, okay, season four in November, and is why like just wait the two months and put them all together and just right. do it. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Makes me think they're trying to buy time or something. I mean, it could be. I mean, if they want to sprinkle it in and do six episodes every couple months, I'm still okay with that because I'm gonna fucking watch it. It doesn't matter. But it just I feel like I'd rather take them in a bigger chunk at a time. But right. Personal I'm preference. Really, yeah, I'm really looking forward to where it goes from here and where it ended. So, yeah, it seems like every end of the season they change up the dynamic in some way, and then you're yeah. like, "What is happening?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else have I been doing? I've been uh, replaying Twisted Metal Black on PS4. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Is that just the story, or they do they have like the online stuff working for nah, that? Nah, the online stuff doesn't work. It's kind okay. Of sucks. But uh, I've been playing the stories again. Gotcha. Throwing God mode on occasionally, so I can just <laughs> wreck shit and not die. It's pretty awesome. Hey, you uh, probably know. Have they done a Twisted Metal game recently? <laughs> the last Twisted Metal game they did was PS3. Ooh, so no. Uh, did you play the Twisted Metal PS3? No. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> They this is coming it. from a diehard Twisted Metal yes. fan. They they introduce racing in this game. Just straight racing, no guns. Well, I mean, you have guns and rockets and all that shit, but your the end goal is you have to make it through the laps while everyone's Ugh. trying to kick the shit out of you. It's fucking yeah, that... it's fucking. So it's terrible. Mario Kart. Worse, <laughs> way worse than that. Fair enough. All right. Uh, don't don't. Andy Andy's ranting about that game. And there's there's only four characters that you get a story. Oh, that's terrible too. It's fucking terrible. It's just fucking. Terrible. Different developer or same developer? Do you know? It was the same developer, I think, but he had like all kinds of studio issues, like them trying to steer the ship the way they wanted, and I yeah. think he actually said like this is. After it, he's like, this was a pain in the ass. I'm never going to do a Twisted Metal game again. <laughs> Which made me cry on the inside. And the, out- <laughs> and the outside. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I did pick up Destiny 2. I haven't played it yet, though. How long ago did you pick it up? Uh, a week. Okay. I didn't know if you have been sitting on it for like three weeks, and then you're like, still not getting to it. <laughs> But you're going to yell at me because I got it for PS4. You f- bastard. <laughs> you need to return that shit. You haven't played it yet. Get on Xbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's still time. It's not open. The plastic is still on there. Oh, I, I unwrapped it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, like, do you still have people to play with on PS4? Oh, yeah, my brother. So, so one person. That sounds like a raid team. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, my stepbrother, and three of his friends. Okay, all right. So okay. you got to now. You now you have team. a raid team. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's one. That was another option I I thought about doing this week too is finally giving our thoughts on Destiny because I, you know, we got it. Mike and I got it, and a few other of our friends got it. Like Eric and Romano and stuff got it when it came out. So we've been playing it for the last month or so. And that's the type of game you need to sit with for a month and see if you still feel the same way beginning, you know, when we first got it to now. Oh, really? Yeah, there's definitely a there's a honeymoon phase with that game. Yeah. There, there absolutely is. Because the first couple the... weeks, like, I couldn't put it down. We can't, we were playing it every night. And now I'm at the point where I'm I'm sort of feeling like Bradley, where I'm just, like, I'm kind of tired of it. I want a break. I need different stuff to do. The grind I mean, set in finally, and I'm I'm I I gotta like put it down for a couple days. I mean, I still go in each week right now, and I get my prestige raid completions done because I like I'm still missing the last piece of armor from the prestige raid. Mm. Like I've got two and a half full sets, and each one's missing a helmet. <laughs> like it's like okay, I have chest, legs, arms, Titan mark, and no helmet. <laughs> and on my second, and on my next Titan, I have the same exact thing. And on my next Titan, it's like I have chest, legs, and mark, and no arms or helmet. And it's like I don't even care about having anything but one full set. Just give me a fucking helmet already. <laughs> so I'm still going in and doing prestige raids is until I get that helmet. And they're rolling out the raid challenges right now. So the first challenge came out this week. Um. Which gives you something to go back for. I feel like the same thing happened in Destiny 1, though. I feel like you played Destiny 1. Well, Bradley, you didn't get until late, right? So you have, like, all kinds of content at your fingertips when you started. Oh, yeah. I had a complete game at my fingertips. Yeah, but when you first started, it was like, yeah, this is great. And you played it for two weeks, and you're like, okay, I literally have nothing else to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I kind of expected, like, this, like, incline plateau sort of deal with Destiny. One since I experienced experienced it with Destiny One, I expect right. that same thing to happen for Destiny Two. So. Yeah, the first two or three weeks, you'll love that game. It's going to be the best thing you've played for years, and it's beautiful. It really is. I yeah. mean, the graphics are incredible. And there's actually a story on day one, which is oh good. yeah. In to me, the the difference in a lot of what they did is they removed the potential for in game content grinding. By removing random rolls on weapons and armor. So now every... If you get... There's a gun, say, called Last Hope. If you get a Last Hope, it's the same as every other Last Hope in the game. There's no random rolls. All the perks are exactly the same. So there's no reason... See, I disagree, because there's no reason to try and go and get a better one. Oh, okay. So once you get to that in-game content, there's no hunting down god roll weapons and armor. It's just... You have it already, you're done, so you can just put the game down and not play it anymore until they put new shit in the game. And the game is so much fun to actually play, you want there to be a reason to go in and do it, right. and there's just not. How's the Crucible? I think it's better um, than Destiny 1, but it's still not my favorite place. Um, They don't give you as much options to, to go through matches. Like You, you had a lot more yeah. uh, custom ability. Like, in, in choosing what you want to play in Crucible, in Destiny 1. They had different, like, five or six different game types you could choose. Right. Destiny 2 is quick play or competitive. And then yeah. each playlist you get in is, like, a variety of different game types. Yeah, you can, in quick play, 
you can play Clash, Control, or Supremacy. Um, and if you go into competitive, there's a mode called Countdown, which is basically Search and Destroy. Okay. Um, and then there's a mode called Survival, which is Elimination, but with set amount of revives. Okay. So, like, and not revives, respawns, I should say. Not revives. So, you, like, right now, I think they just reset it today on the patch to be six respawns per team. So, you have your four initial lives and six respawns, and then whoever's left standing wins. But you don't get to choose which match type you play. There's no private matches. There's just I mean, not is, enough PvP content, and it's all, all team stuff. shooting. That I think they're going to change down the line. Mm-hmm. Why it's not in there to begin with, I don't know. If they just wanted to streamline stuff to get the game launched and then deal with it later. But if you compare to what Destiny 1 did, starting with a, a mediocre game, and then they continually changed and added content for over three for three years to right. get it where it needed to go, you almost have to expect something like that for this game. At least that's sort of the mindset I went into it with, is that this is going to be an, inv- an evolving world, an evolving game, what you play on day one is going to be different than what you play in year two. Mm-hmm. So we'll just have to see what they do with patches and, and DLC, which the first batch of content, what, is coming out December 5th, I think they said? Yep. Yeah, first DLC is the 5th. So we'll see what that brings, and if that's... I'm sure that'll be enough to bring me back to the game for a little while, but at the same time, at that point, it's going to be competing with Battlefront 2 for me, so we'll see what gets the love. That, that it's going to be a swap. It's going to be like who's on and playing what. Yeah, yeah. I and I'll just be like, not. okay, yeah. I'll play with them while they're playing Destiny too. And then when somebody pokes me, it's like, hey, Battlefront. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to Battlefront, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you know that that is what it is. But it, there's, I could go on for days about Destiny too and the good things <laughs> and the bad. But the things that are there are easily enjoyable. You just want more of it. And we'll get more of it. It's just it's a waiting game at this point for more content. Yeah. Well it's it's definitely like I said, it's definitely something I want to get into in depth at some point. Like get like Bradley we'll have you come back and if you start getting into the game we'll have you come back. I wouldn't mind getting Eric on, Romano on, like part of the people that I play with regularly. And we'll mm. just rant and rave about whatever we want to about Destiny and give our impressions. I think that that would that would definitely take up an episode for the rate that we want to talk about this thing. So, yeah. Andy, we can always check back with you later and see how you're feeling once you get into it, and you know where you are at the beginning and where you, where you get to eventually whenever we get around to it or something like that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, keep me posted on that whenever you start playing. Yeah, I will. Uh, you got anything else? Let's see, uh, we finished uh, the show Episodes, which was uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc's Showtime show. Uh, Really like that. Looking forward. I guess he's got a new sitcom coming out pretty soon with Jenna Fisher. How many seasons was Episodes? Was that a big commitment? Five? Okay. Decent. Five seasons? Something like that. That had some creative people behind Friends with it, didn't it? I want to say yes. Okay, I thought that, but I didn't know if I was making that up or not. It's it's pretty good. I uh, we really enjoyed it. Okay, uh, I'd recommend it. It, it has a, a nice um, blending of American and British humor. Okay, 
and Joey Tribbiani swears a lot. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All the stuff he couldn't do on NBC. Right. Yeah, it's 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 really ridiculous a lot of times too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and right now, uh, just uh, probably season two, I think, of Arrested Development. Uh, okay. You guys seen that at all? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I I went through it with a couple friends of mine. To pretty, we finished it all. It's pretty good. Even uh, did you even watch like the newer Netflix stuff? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Netflix season is a little bit different. That's compared yeah. to what you're used to. Yeah, that's what Emily was telling me. Um, uh, has she seen it all before? You're going yeah, back to watch it for the yeah, first time. I'm watching it for the first time, but she okay. she had already watched it. Yeah, it's one I'm of those seasons. It. I'm liking it so far for sure. I think Will Arnett's freaking hilarious. <laughs> the uh, the Netflix season does something different storytelling wise, where it's like you're seeing maybe two or three episodes in a row from one character's perspective, and you see them cross paths with other characters in the show, and then you switch to someone else's perspective and see that from that cross of the past from their perspective. Okay. So. Some of the jokes don't pay off until like three episodes later because of that. <laughs> so you're watching but, and you're going, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's really confusing at first. But then when you get that, oh, moment when you see it from the other person's perspective. <laughs> so it's still good, but it's not it's not where you're used to for the first four seasons or whatever else. I can't remember how many seasons there was. Okay. I feel like Modern Family does that a lot in their episodes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Like they, they don't, don't they don't show, wait so episodes couldn't... down the line. They just do it later in the same episode, right? But I feel well, like I think, they do that. You know, part of the Arrested Development season they did on Netflix. I think they sort of expected people to binge that. So I think, yeah. just you know, the the Netflix culture of watching TV shows now. I think it caters to that. Do you know? Is there a plan to do more? I thought they had announced they're doing another season on Netflix, but okay. I think all of those people that they want to bring back are all very busy. Yeah, they have a lot that of famous... Is, there's a lot of famous people in that. Yeah, they weren't famous when the show started, but now they are, so it's very hard to get everybody's schedules aligned, which I think is why they shot the show the way they did for that first season on Netflix. Just to cater to like who they had available at a certain time to be able to do those scenes and stuff right. like that. Um. So yeah, we'll see if they work something out for the next season, how they do that. Anything else, or does that wrap you up? Um, I think that wraps it up. Okay. Uh, some of the stuff for me is actually probably a lot of the same stuff you guys have already touched on. Uh, Destiny 2 for me, I was playing. Like I said, I sort of waned off of it recently and trying to hit some of my back catalog. So Lego The Force Awakens has been getting some playtime, which every time I play those Lego games, like they're really fun. But then I always get stuck on these stupid fucking puzzles. And I'm like, how's a four-year-old play this game and figure this stuff out if I can't figure this out when I'm playing this thing? YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> that's the way to go now. Yeah. The Prima Guide. So, yeah, that's that's been really fun. I still got to play through the story part before I can go through and like try to unlock all the characters. There's a shit ton of characters for that game, too. Holy hell. Like old school, new school, everything? Yeah. Well, I bought... Even, like, the- extended? Uh, I don't. I think they put Rebels characters in there actually. Damn. Um, but Sweet. I, the version I bought that was on sale was like the deluxe edition, so it came with all the DLC. 
So every other like character pack they they put out for the game, I have now. So it includes some of the classic characters, and then like I said, some of the Rebels characters I think are in there. Um, but I think I have Fortuna. To, <laughs> I'm sure he's in there somewhere. Like <laughs> when you finish a level, there is just a massive wall of characters and like circle characters, and most of them are blocked out because I haven't unlocked them yet. And just the sheer amount of little blocks that are there waiting to get unlocked, you're like, I will never fucking finish this game. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's par for the course for a Lego game. If you've played any other Lego game, you can't just play through it once. They want you to play through it once, and then go back and play every level five different times with different characters to try to unlock all the shit that you have to do. So, yeah, the replay value is there. I think the only game I went through and unlocked all the characters for that I just, it kept me coming back. And it wasn't, it was just because it was the first Lego game I played, but it was the Lego Harry Potter. Uh It was like the second set, like the the five through, through yeah, that one is the one I went through, unlocked everything possible in it. And at the end I was kind of like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like I did all this it was fun and all but it was also kind of like why the fuck did I just do all this like yeah there there's not much replayable like replay value after you unlock all the characters and stuff like that but the journey to get there has you coming back so often to get to that point that yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a it's an easy way to get hooked I even have I think when I bought Lego Force Awakens they had Lego Jurassic World on sale too so oh, I picked that one up, and I was playing that a little bit before Force Awakens, but now that I'm in the Star Wars mood, Force Awakens has been winning out. Um, and then, of course, like my fallback, anytime I'm like sick of a game and I need a break and just want to play something else, Rocket League. I, I talk about it, I feel like, all the time, but Rocket League is the way to go. I fucking love that game. It's just so easy to pick up for like 20 minutes, a half an hour, if you just want to play a couple quick games or something. So that's been fun. Uh, watching... Um, like Mike, I did finish Stranger Things. Um, I didn't intend to finish it on the weekend, but I couldn't stop watching, so it was <laughs> done by Sunday night. Um, and then they even, they, they added, uh, an after show on Netflix, Beyond Stranger Things. Uh, so I, I started, that. I started getting through some of, I think there's like six or seven episodes of that, so I think I'm about halfway through that, which is, which is fun. Like, I, I enjoy behind the scenes conversations like that, talking with, creators and actors on a show to figure out how they got to a specific thing for a character or how they made a story decision or stuff like that. All that kind of stuff interests me. So I like hearing about that stuff. Um, and then like Andy, I watched Voltron. Voltron's awesome on Netflix. Uh, what's the actual name of the show? Voltron legendary defender. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So if anybody likes Netflix or is on Netflix and wants a good cartoon, uh, to to watch Voltron Legendary Defender is fucking great. It is really good. Are you still you're still pissed that they don't use the the Voltron music? Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay, I I am I okay. As much as I am pissed about them not using like the original ladies music, I I have found a new well. There's a newfound respect with me for the music that they do play. Okay. So. Um, but it took yes, you four seasons, just, but you came around. Just one episode. Just have a throwback, like, <laughs> da, 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 and I'll I will cream my pants. <laughs> well, I think they tried to appease you too. Don't they have like Voltron eighty four on there too? Yeah, but it's not it's not the uh, it's not the actual show. It's the creators of the new show going back and looking at their favorite episodes. 
Uh, okay, so it's like a best of type of Yeah, I, I think it's the people that were involved in making this new one just kind of go back and look at what they loved from the old one that made them want to make the new one. Right, okay. But I haven't watched it yet, so. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's just the gist I got from reading the info. Yeah. Um, as far as other TV, uh, obviously I'm into all my CW shows, Flash, Arrow, uh, Supergirl, Legends Tomorrow, all that stuff is still pretty good. Some of it started a little bit slow for me, but it, it's starting to pick up now. Um, it always surprises me how much I like Legends of Tomorrow. Like, it's so goofy and weird compared to the other CW shows, but that's just kind of the tone that I'm used to it, for like, used to for it now. And I really fucking like it. They do some really good homages to different genres. The one they just did for Halloween was, like, uh, an homage to, like, 80s movies and had really heavy E.T. references okay. uh, through the episode, which I thought was really fun. Um, What else? Like, Mike 2, I'm watching Rebels. Rebels is still really good. I feel like that season's going to finish up really quick because they're doing two episodes a night. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know if I it's just know. the final season and they're just trying to get it out to make room oh, for other is, stuff they this, want on the schedule. This is done. Yeah, after after season four, yeah. this is it. Or they're trying to finish it up before Jedi. Before this well, Yeah, that could be out. too. Maybe there's can some storylines and stuff they want to get out there before the movie comes are out. They, are they, can you tell they're starting to wrap stuff up? No. They're, Sort of. I mean, they're bringing it like the the first season started on Lath- on Lethal, and it was it was them you know getting to the rebellion and getting off of Lethal. So now this one is bringing the past back to Lethal. Okay. Like whereas into Yavin. Yeah, there's there you're, you're starting to see the seeds of Rogue One. Okay. And it is well. Yeah, they dropped a Krennic reference. Um, Saw. Saw Guerrera. Yeah, Saw. In his Saw shows back up. Um, and there's a, there, the whole episode that saw ha- that they had with uh, saw Guerrero back. Um, there was a lot of Death Star hints in that, like what yeah. the Empire is building and what they're trying to keep secret and stuff like that. Okay, you actually um, get to see one of the giant Kyber crystals that they use for the Death Star in that episode. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so yeah. all the stuff that they were mining from Jeddah, you get to see one in the show. Yeah, I've been meaning to go back and watch it. I think I only watched season through season two. Maybe no, I thought you were. Three. I thought you were caught up. I couldn't remember. No, which one was season three? What... Season two ends with uh, the last episode being Ahsoka and Vader in the Sith Temple. That's the last one. Okay. Yeah, that's the most memorable some... moment from the show for me. Still, is the two of them when they season... see each other as in the Sith Temple. Season three, Andy has some has one showdown that is like years in the making that's worth seeing oh yeah oh yeah you guys have told me about that before okay yeah i don't want to mention it for other people that maybe haven't seen it yet or want to stay surprised uh but yeah maybe when the maybe when rebels finally wraps up we it's something we could talk about once it's all done talk about the series as a whole and stuff like that but yeah i'm i am curious to see what kind of connections we get to last jedi if any from rebels and, you know, everybody's wondering what the fate of, like, Ezra is post-Rebels. If he has some connection to the sequel trilogy at all. So, I want to see if... I'm, I'm curious if they put any, you know, breadcrumbs in there for something like that. I doubt it, but... They gotta wrap his story up some way, somehow. It has to go somewhere, because if yeah. we have Kanan and Ezra out there in the universe at the time 
of A New Hope, then Luke would not have been A New Hope. So they have to either go into hiding or die. Right. And I, I mean, like, them just being out there, I don't know, it wouldn't gel for me. Well, just because Luke is there, like, they, it's always, they always keep it vague because they could always introduce characters down the line of, like, who escaped the, Je- the Jedi Purge. Yeah. So Luke is the one we follow, but for all we know, at that point in time in the universe, there are, you know, hundreds of other Jedi that are just in hiding, not doing anything about stuff. Right. It, well, I mean, like I think... Yoda. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, I, I still feel that Yoda would have been able to sense their presence. Other Jedi? Yeah. Or specifically Kanan and Ezra? Well, I mean, other Jedi that would be around. I mean, I think they'd have to be within a certain proximity to him. True, yeah. But his balance with the Force, I, like his strength within the Force, I think he would have been able to have been like, holy crap, you know, or however well, the hell he would say holy like, crap. Yoda even reaches out to them at a couple points during the series, so that wouldn't yeah. be unheard of if he if he tried to reach out to Kanan and Ezra after the fact. Yeah, either way, there's there's some unanswered questions, which I think... Will be fun to see how they how they if if they close them off. I should say, we'll see yeah. if, if we'll see if they how well they wrap this season up, or if it's going to be like, oh, you want to know what happens? Here's a book. You know, they're going to push you to other multimedia. Could be. Um, other one other show that I'm am watching and sticking with right now is The Gifted, uh, the the Fox show that's based on X Men stuff but maybe not connected to X-Men movie universes because those timelines are all fucked up and you can't tell what connects to what. Um, but Fox, I think, has been... They, their X-Men movies aren't all that great the last couple anyway, but their X-Men TV shows, I think, are doing pretty good. The Gifted is really good. Legion on FX was fucking fantastic. It was really good, yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure how I'd feel about The Gifted. One, I didn't really trust Fox especially from what Fox did to their other comic property in Gotham. I think Gotham is shit. Um, Still. Yeah, I... You know, I had somebody at work... uh, Shout out to Ron, if you're listening. Uh, He kept piping to me, like, I know you don't watch it, but I've stuck with it. Watch the two-episode finale of season three. I bailed after season one. He's like, see if that hooks you, because season four looks like it's going to be pretty good. So it eventually hit Netflix. I watched the se- the two-hour finale of season three. It was better, but it still was like, why are these characters doing what they're doing? I don't understand. This is stupid. These characters are worthless. I, I didn't care about anybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Jim okay. Gordon I'm- is such like a caricature of himself. He does shit in that show that the character of Jim Gordon, I feel like, would never fucking do. You're yeah. supposed to care for Bruce Wayne, who just seems like a whiny bitch. Yeah. And they're leaning towards putting teenage Bruce Wayne in a bat suit almost to try to make him Batman already, which defeats the whole fucking purpose of the show. The purpose of the show is Jim Gordon and their war against crime without Batman. And now they're getting to a point where it's like, oh, here's Batman. Okay, change the fucking show then. Ratings are tumbling. We need Batman. Yeah, I (laughs) find a way to put him in it. So I tried again. The show still doesn't hook me. I don't like what they and the biggest gripe for me in the show overall is like they're they're going through like the entirety of Batman's rogues gallery. I really thought the whole point of these rogues 
came out of the woodwork after Batman was Batman. You don't have the rogues and then Batman. It was the other way around. Yeah. So the fact that all these characters are like their villain personas already and Batman isn't even in the picture, that just seems really fucking weird to me. Yeah, that, that's a big change uh, if Batman's a reactive response to all these rogues or if they are the result of Batman. Because them being the result of Batman adds dynamic to the character of Batman and whether or not he's right or wrong. If he's just doing the Bat thing because Penguin does the Penguin thing and Riddler does the Riddler thing and Scarecrow yeah. does the Scarecrow thing, then he's just doing what they're doing to combat them and make himself seem like one of them and then destroy them. Right. Like, I always see it as, as like, the conversation that Jim Gordon has to Batman at the end of Batman Begins. Of, like, the whole thing of escalation. Batman mm -hmm. comes in just to fight crime, so families do not go through the tragedy that he went through as a little kid. And he is fighting street-level criminals. Suddenly there's a dude dressed as a bat that's fighting people and stopping crime, so then you get crazy people dressed up like clowns and causing mayhem. Just because for the sake of mayhem, that's what they do. Like, that's that's the way I see that story going. And it, yeah. It, it, yeah, the show reverses that, and it just seems really weird to me. And it's a hurdle I can't get over, I think. That's my biggest thing with it. I mean, I, I'm, the, I'm in the same boat as you. I got I didn't even finish season one. I got halfway through season one, and I ditched the show. <laughs> I, um, believe me, I wanted to, but I swore to myself, I'm going to give it the entire season, first season run, and if it comes back... Because... A lot of the shows, by the time you get to the middle of the season, it falls flat, and then the, the you know the finale brings it all home, and then you're like, okay, I see what they did there. But even by the end of that first season, I'm like, no, just fucking kill all these people. I don't care. <laughs> fucking Jada Pickett Smith's character, she should have died so fucking early. She was worthless. Yeah. You they they really it, set her up like you're supposed to care for her, and I didn't really give a shit. I not one to me not one shit not one shit. <laughs> that that one it was just like I tried so hard to like it cause it's Batman it's Gotham it's cool alright and then it's like I can't like this I just, I'm trying so hard to <laughs> give this every chance I can and I just can't <laughs> the only redeeming factor in that show is uh, the guy that plays Harvey Bullock that yeah. guy is really good Donald Loke yes yeah Everybody else, I could give two shits what happens to them. I I don't care. Yeah, he was good. He was a great Harvey Bullock. Like he he was great. So but. yeah, that's that's where that's where I stand with Gotham. But <laughs> moral of the story is, I thought Gifted might go down that route, and it hasn't yet. First three or four episodes, whatever they're into, it's it's still really hooked me, and I really like it. And I think they're doing a pretty good job as far as, like, mutant special effects and stuff on television. I think all that stuff works really well. On par with Legion? Legion, I don't know what you can compare Legion to, because it's, it's like its own thing. It's so weird and fucked up, but so amazing. That shows like the that character? Do, yeah. But, like, you know, shows that do a traditional hour drama type thing. I don't, I don't think you can compare to Legion that way. But, for, for again, for an hour-long drama with people with mutant powers the gifted is pretty good i it, right now it's got my recommendation we'll see how this first season ends one thing i think i was telling mike at one point i can't remember if we talked about it on air or off air but <clears throat> part of the show is like this ragtag group of mutants that are being hunted by the government and stuff like that so for i'm guessing to save as a tv budget 
instead of being hunted by big robots, they are hunted by a government agency called Sentinel Services. So instead of having actual Sentinels, it's just a government agency that's got the name attached to it. <laughs> that's funny. So I thought that that works pretty well for what they were going for. Um, but yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for me. So if we got nothing else, I think that's where we'll close it down. Anybody? Anything last minute? No. Okay. Uh, everybody plan on seeing Thor this weekend because that's that's what we got on tap. I think next week. Definitely. Hoping to. No, no solid plans yet. Okay. Well, I'll catch up with you later next, maybe early next week, Andy. We'll see if you get around to it. Okay. Other than that, uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show wherever you decide to listen. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, search Bry Guy and his Super Friends, or go to www.facebook.com slash Friends. Uh, and you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions there, or you can email us, BryGuysuperFriends at gmail.com or at BG Super Friends on Twitter. Any or all of those will work. Uh, as again, next week, hopefully we will get to Thor. We'll see who we can grab for that. I might even try to see it two times before we get on next week, so we'll see. Uh, but on behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. All right.